You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, this is week three of our sermon series, It's Complicated. We've been talking about how life very rarely or practically never always turns out to the way we planned it to. I would venture to say uh, not everything in your life has gone according to the way you wanted it to or the way you planned it to. Sometimes life just simply gets complicated. And a great example of that is Joseph that we read about in the Old Testament book of Genesis. And today we're going to get into part three because Joseph is faced with the question of will he forgive his brothers who had wronged him? Today we're going to talk about forgiveness. It's complicated. Now we're going to read from Genesis 45 and at this point in the story of Joseph, we we get to the point that Joseph, he, he was a great man of God. We're going to do a quick review uh, in just a few minutes. But he, standing before him is his ten brothers, and he had a choice to make because they were the ones who wronged him. They were the ones who, who, who hurt him. Would he have enough integrity to respond with forgiveness? Because now he's a prime minister of Egypt, and he has the, the, the upper hand on them. But let's read what G- Joseph says in Genesis 45, verse 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. You see, up to this point, he didn't reveal who he was. They hadn't seen each other in like 30 years. He says, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What a great attitude. Joseph had the authority to literally tell his people to strike these ten guys dead because of what they had done to him. But instead, he chose forgiveness. Heavenly Father, thank you for your beautiful presence that's with us today. As we come together, Lord God, we pray that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would be on the teaching of the Word of God. We ask, Lord, that you would speak not just to our minds, but our hearts as well, that we may hear the message, but, Lord, we may also do the message and forgive those who have hurt us. We ask your blessing upon this teaching. You may be seated. Well, it happened just a few years ago that there was a couple in the country of Poland who started to date. Her name was Anna. His name was Merrick. Anna happened to be a dentist, and they met in the dentist's office. Merrick was a, a uh, client uh, of this particular, of, of her dental uh, office there. And so uh, they started to date, and they kind of started to fall in love. But sometimes in relationships, things don't always turn out the way people had planned it. So things went awry, and they had a breakup. In fact, I'll say this. They had a nasty breakup. And uh, anyway, so that's the way it went. I guess you can say in some relationships, it's complicated, right? And then what happened was a few weeks later, Merrick had a dental appointment there at her office. She was his dentist. True story, okay? It happened in Poland. And so he shows up, and uh, 
he had some dental work that needed to be done, so uh, he went under some anesthesia, and when he woke up from his anesthesia, all 32 teeth of his were gone. True story. Now, uh, unfortunately, you know, she had to go to jail for that, but how many know that she had in mind, and I guess this breakup was pretty nasty in order for her to do that, right? But, um, you know, some people will do some crazy things. Or let me say this, unforgiveness will cause many people to do some crazy things. You see, when someone hurts you and, uh, and maybe someone wrongs you, we have a choice to make. We can either choose forgiveness or unforgiveness. And today we're going to talk about this because I believe Joseph made the right choice. His choice was forgiveness. So we've been looking at the life of Joseph Things, as we've been saying, didn't go the way Joseph had planned them to go. Yes, he was a great man. Let me do a quick review. Just let me take one, two minutes here. Uh, Joseph was a young man. He loved God. He loved his father. He was dedicated to the Lord. He was born into a dysfunctional family. He was a dreamer. Uh, He was his dad's favorite son. His brothers got jealous of Joseph Maybe because he was his dad's favorite, or maybe it was because he had a couple of dreams that revealed that he would be an authority figure over them. They didn't like, in fact, they got to the point that his brothers wanted to kill him. But one of the brothers says, no, let's not kill him. Let's make some money off of him. There was a band of Israelites going through the region, going on the way to Egypt. So they sold their brother for 20 pieces of silver. And so Joseph finds himself in another country and another culture where they worshipped a different God, and he was away from his family. And the good news is here, even though he was facing all this, once again, life got complicated, like life took some unexpected turns for Joseph, but he found himself elevated into the point of serving the second-in-command. The second-in-command in Egypt at that point was Mr. Potiphar. So he was serving Mr. Potiphar. Unfortunately, Mrs. Potiphar took note of him, and she made the moves on Joseph. Joseph was a good-looking young man, and the good news is Joseph was a man of integrity, and he held strong to what he believed in the Lord. He did not give in to temptation. Amen? All of us face different types of temptation. He did not go there. This was another man's wife, and he said no. That was the good news. The bad news is she got upset. Now, talking about Mrs. Potiphar, she got upset and falsely accused him of raping her. False story. Some of you have been falsely accused of things that have happened in your life, and maybe this is a lesson here. And uh, we, so Mr. Potiphar got quite upset. Of course, he believed his wife. So Joseph finds himself in prison. And you may say, wow, that's a terrible story. There's a man... He made the right choices. He was serving God. He loved God. And all these things happened to him, and he finds himself in prison after being falsely accused. Yeah. Well, sometimes we need to be reminded that God has everything in control. Everything in control. Even when things don't look like it, God has everything in control. Well, what happens is he spends two years in prison after being falsely accused. Praying, God, could you get me out? Some of us get impatient with God. If if God doesn't answer our prayer in two minutes, we get impatient. Two years he was there in prison. He did connect with two men in prison. One was a cupbearer. One was a baker. He interpreted their dreams right on target. And the cupbearer was going to be taken out of prison and elevated. He says, remember me. 
You know, say good things about me. Well, unfortunately, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. So two years he was there in prison, and then there came a certain point that Pharaoh, the one in charge of Egypt, he had a dream, and he, he was looking around for somebody to interpret his dream. Nobody could do it. Then the cupbearer says, oh, I know a guy in prison who's a great dream interpreter. His name is Joseph. So they went to Joseph. Joseph interpreted the dream, and it was exactly what the dream was about. Now, of course, it was a prophetic dream, which means that he prophesied that there was going to be a drought and that they needed to put away some grain, some wheat, some food for the upcoming drought, the famine that was coming. And just as Joseph said, a few years later, that's exactly what happened. Well, the good news is Pharaoh was so grateful to Joseph for allowing this to happen because he, he correctly interpreted the dream and prepared the people for what was to come. So Pharaoh elevated Joseph to be the second in command, the, the prime minister of Egypt. And he was the one who was in charge of distributing the food during the famine. So guess who comes? Guess who comes needing, for, needing some food uh, for their region, for their family? It was Joseph's family. And at first they didn't recognize him. Most people think this has been about a 30-year time difference. Joseph was about 17 when he was sold into Egypt. Most people think he was about 47 or so now that he was the prime minister and second in command. So guess what? They didn't really recognize, they didn't recognize him at all. So these, uh, the brothers come, and what they want is they, they want some food. Joseph is dealing with, oh, my goodness, here's my brothers. Do I reveal them to them who I am? Do I forgive them? Do I tell my, my, my men to strike them dead? I mean, anyway, that's where it was. So he had a difficult decision. You know, sometimes we've got to realize that forgiveness is always the right decision. I love this quote from Richard Dobbins. He says this, Forgiveness delivers the forgiven from guilt and shame and also delivers the forgiver from anger and pain. Forgiveness does a mighty work. So what does forgiveness do? Let me walk through three things. Number one, forgiveness puts you on the right path. Forgiveness puts you on the right path. And the reason I say this is because you have a choice to make. Joseph had a choice to make. Does he go down the path of forgiveness or does he go down the path of uh, retaliation? We read, let's go back a couple of verses here in Genesis 45. Let's read verses 1 and 2. How did Joseph respond when he encounters his brothers? It says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. He cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. So what was happening here? Joseph had so much compassion on his brothers. Here are my brothers. He cried aloud. He wept aloud because he loved them so much. He had the authority. He had the ability to strike his brothers dead. But instead... He makes a choice to forgive because he loves God and he loves people. He made the right choice of forgiveness, the right choice of forgiveness. Every time someone hurts you, every time someone wrongs you, you have a choice to make. You can either get angry and retaliate or you can choose to forgive and put it behind you. But the choice is yours. If you choose to retaliate and get even, 
What is likely going to happen? I'll tell you this. What's likely going to happen is the problem is going to get worse. For example, if you get into an argument with someone, and instead of forgiving them, you want to retaliate, what do you want to do? They're yelling at you, so you want to yell at them. But in order for you to yell at them, you've got to raise the volume higher than they're yelling at you. So you raise the volume, and they notice that you've raised the volume, so they're yelling at you, but they understand, uh, he can't hear me, so I've got to raise my volume. And before you know it, it's a, it's a volume of yelling match between one another. Is that what you wanted to accomplish? No, retaliation and getting back and giving people a piece of your mind is not the correct answer. I do believe the correct answer is forgiveness. Can we, can we just forgive? Another example, let's just say someone does you wrong. And in the natural, you want to retaliate. You want to get them back. You may say something like, I'll show them who they're dealing with. So we retaliate. And then when we retaliate, they retaliate because based on what you did. And then you retaliate based on their retaliation, and you you get the drift here. It's not going to help the situation. When someone does you wrong, you have a choice to make, a path to choose. The path of anger, bitterness, and retaliation, or the path of forgiveness and reconciliation. One path leads to hurt and pain. The other path leads to forgiveness and peace. So think of someone who's hurt you. In fact, I'm going to ask you this right now. Think of someone who has done you wrong. And I want you to think about that person and determine, have I chosen to get mad and angry or have I chosen to retaliate? Once again, the choice is yours. Some people deal so much with the hurt and pain that people send their way that they can't even sleep at night. They're dealing with certain things in their mind and their heart And it's hard for them to even sleep. It's eating them up, so to speak, because they haven't released that. They haven't forgiven. Forgiving people opens up more room in your heart for Jesus. Forgiving people opens up more room in your heart for Jesus. Because if you haven't forgiven, there's there's places in your heart that say, oh, I want to get back with them. Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I don't understand how he could do that. How could she do that? Why did she say that? She has no room. And what's happening? It's eating you up. But if you take that out of your heart, you have more room for Jesus. Kind of reminds me of the lady who, who, uh, who got bit, and she unfortunately contracted rabies. And uh, so she was went to the doctors, and the doctors said, "I have some bad news for you, ma'am. You only have a month to live." She was devastated. She pulls out her legal pad and starts writing the names of people. And the doctor says, "Well, it's pretty nice. You're going to make things right with people before you pass away." She says, no, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm making a list of people I'm going to bite. <laughs> she, she was ready to retaliate, right? Is, is that the right answer? Is retaliation the right answer? No, 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 okay. Number two, forgiveness brings peace to any situation or relationship. Forgiveness brings peace to any situation or relationship. Getting back to our story with Joseph, here he is. Standing before him are his ten brothers. Okay, there was, there was twelve in all, but little Benjamin was not there in their first trip to, to Egypt. And he had a choice to make, Joseph did. Was he going to forgive and bring peace, or is he going to make things worse? Now, looking at verse 3 of Genesis 45, 
it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now, the word come close to me, if you look at the original Hebrew in that, it has a double connotation. It not only means come closer in the proximity to where I'm at, but it also has a second connotation of come close to me spiritually. Let's reconcile. Let's come together. Let's forgive. Let's be close again spiritually. If anyone had reason to be angry, if anyone had reason to retaliate, it was Joseph. Because not only was he, did they want to kill him, not only was he sold to end up in the land of Egypt, but because he was in a foreign land, he had to suffer all these things and he had to deal with Mrs. Potiphar. He had to deal with being thrown in prison and on and on. All that because of what his brothers did. He, some people may say, well, he had a right to be angry. He had a right to retaliate. And in fact, in Genesis 42, 6, uh, we're not going to read there, but it tells us that when Joseph's brothers, when they came to buy grain from Joseph, they bowed down to Joseph. Why? Because he was the prime minister. He was the one of authority. They bowed down to him. Oh, wasn't that what his dream was about when he was 17 years old? All this was coming to pass? They didn't realize it because they didn't realize they were bowing down to their brother Joseph. Well, then in Genesis 42:22, we're told that Reuben, the oldest of the brothers, tells his brothers, didn't I tell you that we shouldn't have sinned against the boy? And they come in, the scripture tells us in chapter 42 of Genesis, they got into the, this discussion, we shouldn't have done that. Oh, God's going to get back at us. And, and we're dealing with this because of what we did 30 years ago. What were they dealing with? It's called guilt. They were, they were carrying guilt for about 30 years because they had done something wrong. They had sinned against God, sinned against their brother, and they were still dealing with it that day. My friend, if you've done something wrong, you, you need to get that out of your system. You cannot be dealing with guilt. Some people deal with guilt for years and years and years, and it affects their spiritual life. It tells us here in Genesis 42 that the brothers were dealing with guilt. And how did Joseph respond? Well, we read the next chapter, Genesis 43, that Joseph invites his brothers to sit down at a table and have a feast. Wow. In the midst of their guilt, Joseph invites his brothers to a feast. And, and what is the significance of that? That's what happens to many of us today. Some of us are dealing with guilt of something we did. It may not have been 30 years ago. It may have been 30 days ago. It may be three years ago. And we're dealing with something that we did, and, and we did sin against God, and we did make some wrong choices. But sometimes, because we haven't confessed those to the Lord, we haven't repented, we're dealing with guilt. And many of us have guilt on our heart, and our, the past things that we've done has a grip on us. And sometimes we live in guilt, and many of us live in fear. We're scared. We notice in Genesis 42 and 43, even when the brothers are sitting around the table, they're, they, they're eating in fear. They have a fear. Well, what's going to happen? What's this prime minister going to do to us? I mean, he, he looks angry. 
were scared. They were living scared. My friend, when you repent of things you've done wrong, you don't have to live in, in being scared. No more fear because you've given it to God. God forgives, amen. We serve a forgiving God. You know what God does when we do something wrong? He invites you to his table, kind of like Joseph did in the palace of Egypt to his brothers. God invites you to his table, and he invites you to sit down. My friend, have a seat because grace and forgiveness is now being served. No, Joseph didn't choose to retaliate. He didn't choose to respond with hate because he knows that, uh, he knew that retaliation just adds fuel to the fire. Ever heard the statement, I don't get mad, I get even? I hope you've never said that because that's not a spirit of forgiveness. Kind of reminds me of a, of a story I heard about a lady in Palo Alto, California one day, not too long ago, she was walking down a sidewalk and there was a car driving by. And the car was filled with some, some rambunctious teenagers. And allegedly, they don't know whether this is true, one of the teenagers threw out a milkshake and hit this lady as she was walking down the sidewalk. Well, she got angry. And she wanted to retaliate. Well, they threw something at her, so she wanted to throw something at them. Well, the only thing she had in her hand was her purse. So she gets up and throws her purse at that car. And I don't know whether she used to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but that purse landed inside the window of that car. True story. In the car, the purse landed there, and she walked away angry. Then she's wondering, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Now they have my ID. They have my credit cards. And she said, and I left $2,000 of cash in my purse. Sometimes when uh, people do things to you and we act in retaliation, we do some stupid things, right? I mean, let's face it. This lady, well, she needed prayer, okay? But anyway, here's a to another level lesson. It doesn't matter who is right. It matters who makes things right. Ran across a great article from Focus on the Family, and it's called Forgiveness and Restoration. This is our Digging Deeper Notes this week. If you want to go a little deeper, it's written by Rose Sweet. And it talks about some ways, some principles of forgiveness and restoration that sometimes we all need to remember. Digging Deeper Notes are available there at the Connection Hub. Number three, forgiveness makes you more like Christ. Forgiveness makes you more like Christ. Besides Joseph, if anyone knew, knows what it, what it feels like to be wronged and hurt, it was Jesus. Think about Jesus. Peter denied him. Judas betrayed him. Most of the disciples abandoned him. There was only one that stayed there when he was on the cross. Multitudes of people shouted, crucify him. Pontius Pilate, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas the high priest, and even Herod. None of those leaders stood up for him. Oh, if anyone knows what it feels like to be wronged and hurt, it was Jesus. He had to even deal with the Roman soldiers. Yeah, that's right. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him. They flogged him. They nailed him to a cross. They thrust a spear into his side. And how did Jesus respond? What did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them. Forgive them. He was in the midst of being crucified, falsely accused, crucified on a cross and Jesus says, forgive them, 
forgive them. This is true forgiveness. Most individuals, when they are hurt by someone, they put that person's name on their hit list. What we really need to do is put them on our Matthew list. You guys know what the Matthew list is. We've done this outreach before called My Hope America, where I've challenged you to write out the names of 10 people that you rub shoulders with, family members, co-workers, extended family, neighbors, old friends from high school, write their names down and begin to pray for them that they would come to faith in Christ and believe that they would come to faith in Christ. That's our Matthew list. I have mine on, uh, on my cell phone right here. When someone does you wrong, what do you do? You, you put them on your hit list or your Matthew list? Wouldn't it be great to put them on your Matthew list and pray for them and, and say, Lord, would you bring them to faith in you? Someone said this, forgiveness is releasing your right to get even. In Joseph's story, I want you to notice what happens. Joseph didn't say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, now we're going to be a family again. I'm going to quit my job in Egypt. I'm going to go back to live with you in Canaan, and everything's going to be just like, no, 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 no. That's not the way the story goes. If you read the story, Joseph's family moves with Joseph in Egypt. You see, there was no need, there was no need for Joseph to return back to his dysfunctional family. He would be lowering his, himself. Instead, he invited his family to rise up and go to his level of integrity with God. He invited his family to join him where he was at in the personal relationship with God. Now, Joseph was in a place of prominence. He had a high position, a good-paying job. He had God's favor. He had God's blessing. And what Joseph did, hey, hey family, come up with me. Can, can you come up with me? See, when you forgive, you're bringing people up to greater faith. But when you retaliate, you lower yourself to their standard. Are you getting the point here? Let's say, for example, a lady has been physically abused. She's violated. She's, she was wrong, and it is wrong. It would be unwise of her to lower herself to the level of the perpetrator. No, no need to do that. Retaliation places us in that lower spiritual position. But when we forgive, we position ourselves at a higher spiritual level where we can receive the favor of God. Even if you've been wrong, don't lower your standards. Don't lower yourself to the level of those who hurt you. You can forgive. When you forgive, you stay at that high level of where, where you are at. You're not lowering yourself in retaliation or trying to get even. No, you have the favor of God. You have the blessing of God. Don't give that up just because you want to get back at somebody. Some may say to a woman who has been physically abused, get out of that abusive relationship and retaliate. Well, unfortunately, that's not the Jesus approach. The Jesus approach is get out of that abusive relationship and forgive. That's what Jesus would do. Jesus would forgive. And we need to be more like Christ. Don't go down to their level. Now, there's some who will not join you at your level of where you are at in with the Lord. They're, they're going to choose to stay down there. And if they choose to stay down there without God, that's, that's their business, okay? You can't make decisions for them. You can invite them. 
but you can't make decisions for them. Today, God has you exactly where you're at for a reason. And sometimes it's hard because our human nature is to get back at them. And we, we so, many, so many people I've noticed time and time again as a pastor for, for many years, one of the main reasons that's holding people back from experiencing more of God is because they're holding a grudge against someone. Someone has done them wrong. Someone has hurt them. And they have a hard time forgiving. And my friend, the longer you keep that, the worse off your spiritual life is going to be. What I'm telling you right now is if you hold on to this, these brothers held on to this for 30 years against, and it was because of their guilt. They had done something wrong. Some, sometimes we've been wronged, and we, on our end, hold on to grudges for years and years, and it affects your spiritual life. If someone is wronged, you forgive right then and right there. You, there's no need to hold on to that grudge. There's no need to hold on to that offense. Don't pick up those offenses. If someone did you wrong, okay, accept it and move on. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, you have a purpose in this, and I'm moving on. Okay? So many of us, this affects our spiritual life. So is this important? Let me tell you how important it is. If you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, I have the scripture here on the screen. Jesus, Matthew chapter 6 is when Jesus gives us the, the disciples' prayer. Some people call it the Lord's Prayer. I call it the disciples' prayer because Jesus says, this is you disciples, how you are to pray. At the end of this, the disciples' prayer, the very next verse, verse 14 of Matthew 6, Jesus says this, for if you forgive, remember part of the, part of the prayer is uh, forgive our debts as we forgive those, or trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? Okay, so as soon as Jesus finishes the prayer, he goes back to that particular principle of forgiveness. Jesus says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Amen. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Oh, no. Is forgiveness important? Jesus is saying, hey, if you, if you don't forgive someone who's hurt you, you can't receive forgiveness of God. Because after all, when we sin, we're hurting God. So you've got a choice. Do you want God's forgiveness? All of us say yes. Then guess what do we have to do? We have to forgive others. We have to love God, and we've got to what? Love people. And if we don't love people, we can't truly love God. Are you getting the point here? Jesus says, if you don't forgive others from what they've done to you, I'm sorry, you can't receive forgiveness from God. And that means, I don't know about our spiritual life. Forgiveness is a pretty big deal. I close by telling you a story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. They were missionaries in the 1950s to the country of Ecuador. Jim felt the calling to reach the Aka Indian tribes, uh, a fierce group of Indians with a brutal reputation for killing outsiders. Though the mission was dangerous, Elizabeth knew it was God's plan to reach the tribe. So Jim Elliot along with Nate Saint and three other male missionaries, they formed a team, and they came in contact with two women and one man from this Aachen tribe there in Ecuador. 
But on January the 8th, 1956, all five men were speared to death. And their bodies were found floating in a river. Now Elizabeth was a young widow left alone to raise Valerie, their 10-month-old daughter. While the news was devastating, it was not debilitating. Elizabeth committed herself to continuing her call to missions. Shortly afterwards, she made an additional contact with the Aachen Indians because she still wanted to reach that tribe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in February 1959, less than three years later, Elizabeth, along with her daughter Valerie, and Rachel Saint, the widow of another slain missionary, Nate Saint, they moved in with the tribe and they lived with the family that killed their husbands. Eventually, the Aachen Indians, because these two ladies forgave and had so much love for them, the entire tribe came to faith in Jesus Christ. They came to faith because they were willing to forgive the very people who murdered their husbands. This story is quite remarkable. In fact, if you haven't seen the movie, it's called The End of the Spear. Or the book is called Through the Gates of Splendor. Powerful story of forgiveness. But that is what forgiveness can do. All this would have never happened. The whole tribe would have not, been come, not have come to faith in God if it hadn't been for Elizabeth Elliot and Rachel Saint extending such a high level of forgiveness. Can you imagine what God can do to people in your circle if you forgive? I want you to stand with me right now. Before we come to these altars, and we're going to do so in just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to think about someone who's hurt you. I'm going to ask you to think about someone who's wronged you. And we're going to pray a forgiveness prayer. And I have the words here on the screen, and, and we're going to ask God to forgive us, but we're also going to say, God, I'm going to forgive anyone who's hurt me. If there's anyone in your life, it could have been 30 years ago. It could have been three months ago. It could have been 10 years ago, however long it was. And there's times you think about what that person said, what that person did, and sometimes it's hard to get that incident or that individual out of your mind or out of your heart. Today's a day that you can leave it here at the altar and you can forgive. I don't know if they're going to receive your forgiveness. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as you make things right with God and forgive that person for what they've done so that your spiritual life will continue to grow. No more hindrances. So perhaps you want to repeat after me, and as we walk through this, if you want to insert a person's name, you're more than welcome to do so. Would you repeat after me? Father God, I admit that I have sinned and I have hurt you. Thank you for your gift of grace and your gift of mercy that you extend to me. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Help me to forgive myself as well so that I will be free of guilt, shame, and condemnation. 
Now, Lord God, I want to extend that same gift of forgiveness to those who have hurt me. Today, I release the pain and hurt that I experienced because of this individual. I also release them to you. I forgive them. I speak blessings over them. And I pray that my gift of forgiveness to them would draw them closer to you. Because of what you have done on the cross, I know that I can live in freedom from this day forward. Amen. So be it.